The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. stars. Welcome. This is Sharita Star. It's the Sharita Star and Power Hour. Thank you for being here. And hello once again, dear stars. Welcome to episode five of the Sharita Star and Power Hour. And today we're going to be perfecting our law of attraction. I know that's a big catchword with a lot of people. Um, There's been movies done about it and all kinds of things. So today, as we've titled the episode, Timing Our Law of Attraction with Lunar Cycles. And, And you hear, you know, Law of Attraction has become extremely popular over especially the past couple of decades and and not that it wasn't even you know if you really go back we've been working with the law of attraction for a very long time but of course in our modern day it has become more again the trend things that we are told to do for our success and how our mindset and especially our feeling base is working within our life. And if you understand, you know, any principle of the law of attraction, uh, a good teacher of it is telling you what you are feeling is how you're getting what you're getting out of your life. So wherever your, you know, kind of like your emotional bank account rests is very much how you're, seeing your life show up around you. And what astrology does, and of course our numerology will as well on a different timing level, but astrology is, is one of like the best ways to tap into how to really perfect what we know as, you know, this law of attraction understanding for our personal selves. Um, I always say to people, if you do not have a grip on your personal forecast, there's no way you're going to allow the law of attraction to truly work for you. And when we understand, you know, everybody says, oh, the universe and the universe laws and and the universal laws and and all of these things. What people who teach the law of attraction don't understand is there's a timing element to the law of attraction because astrology gives you the rhythm. So does numerology. It's a different way. And we don't necessarily, um, there's different things that we understand when it comes to numerology and how it affects our timing than we do when we're following how, Astrology is is giving us cycles to follow as well. That's why when you fuse them both together, I mean, you really just have this, like I said, it's just a bird's eye view. I've said that in previous episodes. You just have such a bird's eye view of what's truly going on in your life. So when we're looking to, you know, kind of pull in and, you know, I've been doing this as well with this work because I've always understood that law of attraction And what I started to understand once I got the astrology's rhythm down and the rhythm of the, of how a numerological forecast supports our life, I was like, well, this is how people don't succeed if they think, oh, the law of attraction is not working for me. Well, it's because you're probably timing something when the universe isn't going to support it. And that's what we're going to talk about today in grave detail is to understand how to utilize our lunar cycles, especially because our lunar planet of the moon guides our feeling and our emotion. 
in our life. So we always have to look to the moon and what it's doing in its cycles in order to perfect and time this law of attraction in our life. You know, you can want to manifest a lot of things, but if you're trying to manifest it or put it out, quote unquote, into the universe at the wrong time, you're beating your head against the wall. And and you can do a lot of intention work, but you can save yourself so much frustration. Because sometimes the timing just isn't correct. Especially when our lunar cycles ask us to allow reflection to be our guiding light versus the the point of initi- you know in, initiating things when we understand this ebb and this flow with how again we 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 can, we can fuse in some numerology along the way but when we're really going to dive into how lunar cycles are constantly at our disposal they're constantly circulating the the mood when we when we understand timing it is the fastest moving vessel through the 12 signs of the zodiac so we have what we what is known as and and, and if you are familiar with your natal chart which is of course determined from the time you're born full birthday the place location you wanted to come back down for your beautiful next earth journey within started off there anyway so that precise time that you got here location day month day month year sets up the map for the rest of your entire life so the day you were born the sun was in a certain position the moon was in a particular position and so on and so forth, all the other planets were in some position in those 12 signs. And of course, that's where we get, there's no two moments in time ever the same. So therefore, no two humans are ever the same either because nobody has the same exact chart. Even twins do not have the same chart because they're obviously quite similar, but they are they didn't come out at the exact same moment and they typically even though they have very similar names nine times out of ten their names are going to classify them differently as well so just to I know I I know people may ask a question immediately well what about twins aren't they exactly the same yes and no (laughs) they still have their own individuality even though they are highly linked so With no two moments in time ever being the same and understanding, okay, we've all got our map. So this becomes the constant of which we can always see what's going on around us and how life is ideally going to attract to us around us. But when we have the total, total constant kind of, uh, you know, it's an observation, but once you really, as, as I you know, have just, you know, I've been doing this for a good couple of decades now. And I, it's just natural for me as a rhythm. I understand every single day, where is the moon? Is it waxing? Is it waning? Where is it aspecting in my chart? What area of my life is the moon going through? Because this is where you want to focus. It's where you're more than likely, you're always going to get some feeling situation that will show up for the couple of days it's passing through you also have again because the moon was in a particular position obviously the day you were born you have a lunar return in your life once a month just like your birthday you have a solar return once a month that uh, once a year excuse me that is your birthday year to year but you have a lunar return every month of your life The moon always comes back to your natal point in the birth chart once a month. That's always going to stir up something. And is that moon waxing? Is it waning at that time? Half the year it's waxing, half the year it's waning. And and how is that affecting things? So when we really understand that this 
vessel that we watch. And again, after we watch a new moon every month, we don't see it for a couple of days. And then isn't it gorgeous every night, about a day or two after the new moon, we start to see that just that little sliver come on in as the sun is setting right behind our sun. And that's when the moon is waxing and pulling away. And then we notice, okay, we get to the half moon. And then a week later, we're at that full moon and we're at that capacity where these two weeks have pulled new energy into our life. So the waxing phase is from a new moon up to the full moon. And that's when we ideally, any given month, whenever that times out in that Gregorian calendar that we measure time in otherwise, because again, I, I know I've repeated this in past episodes, our Gregorian calendar is here to help us measure time. And we do understand a lot with numerology this way. But it is the rhythm of how astrology is moving above is how we should really be in timing rhythm down here below. The way society, culture, everything's been set up, we we do stuff at the wrong time all the time. It, it, it is, we don't follow a lunar calendar. And if we did as a culture, as a humanity we would solve half the issues that we experience. But we don't follow it. The average person does not follow lunar cycles to reap success in their life. Well, you're not taught to. So how would you know how to do it if you're not taught it? <laughs> or if you're not... Well, if you go looking for it, you, you do know how to do it. So... um I mean, when you really get into it and you start to understand like, yeah, okay, th th this is energetically doing something different this time of the month than it does any, any other time. So we, we feel this and, and, and we understand it because that's what that moon is about. And, and, you know, as much as we can, obviously we, we can see alignment of planets, um, Closer ones, obviously, we, we, especially if like the moon is involved when it, maybe we get like a big conjunction of something and then the moon passes through those planets. If we're looking up at that, you know, gorgeous night sky and we get to see certain things, but the plant, the, the moon is the planet that we get to see that is, it, it's really, we can see it with the naked eye. We don't need a telescope to get a, a stronger view of it. I mean, it's nice if we have one to get a stronger view, but we can really clearly see that moon. And as the planet that's truly guiding emotion, feelings, and, and just how that works, when we dive into what the moon is doing, we're always going to be working with that emotional bank account we all own and deposit in all the time, we're going to be working with that account to the best of our ability. And so when we reach, you know, like a full moon every month, we're going to be at that point of arrival. So everything completes by a full moon on some in some way, shape, or form. And then we take that waning phase that follows after it, uh, it, it officially opposes of course, the reason why the moon is lit up like a light bulb is because it's in direct opposition to the sun at that moment. And it, that's what it's received. It, that's what it receives. It's receiving the light from the sun in full-on reflection at the point of full moon peak. And then we wane until the next new moon. So that is, again, the natural time of the month for harvest, for reflection, for reassessing, for clearing out, for really strong healing, release, whatever it is we need to be doing to kind of maintain the emotional bank account. And it's not to say that you can't start something under a waning phase but astrology says, hey, if you have free will and you're allowed to use it to the best of your ability, why not 
plant something when you are most energetically favored to do so? Why do it when you may get a a thwarting energy at you instead? So this is where, you know, in observation of all of this, you know, over the years, and I, you know, always paid attention to law of attraction work and, and I, you know, always adored, I I adore the way that they talk about things. But if you really talk to the average person, sometimes they're like, oh, it didn't work for me. I tried it. It, it, you know, that's just a bunch of, of bunk or whatever they decided. And I can guarantee you, if I sat down with that same person or any anybody who tells me it doesn't work for them, I'm going to go, no. Let me ask you one, when did you do this and when did you do that? And that is when I guarantee anybody, nine times out of ten, we're going to prove timing-wise that you just put something out there when there wasn't that planetary rhythm and support, especially from our lunar cycle in your favor. So this is where if you really want to hone in on your law of attraction practice and tweak it and really understand it on a level that you've never understood it before, you got to understand what lunar cycles are all about. And really, really get into to all of it. And there's so much more to cover as we keep talking today. Um, because our moon has a, a, a lot to say. <laughs> I mean, naturally, it's the planet that guides over feelings and emotions. So why wouldn't it have a lot to say, even though it's not technically communicating? But, you know, our feelings are always what needs to be addressed in our life. Um, if we don't understand what we're feeling and if it's something that has triggered us or is it something that makes, brings pure utter joy into our life, what we do with emotion is what is attracting everything to us. And if you really, you know, listen to law of attraction and my favorite teachers, and they were kind of here before the bandwagon showed up, but Abraham Hicks to me is probably the best source of law of attraction from the very beginning. And if you don't know anything about what Abraham Hicks is, you can check that out on, on any web source. Uh, Abraham Hicks is is Esther Hicks and J- her late husband Jerry. Uh, he's been uh, he's crossed uh, he's crossed over into spirit um, uh, a number of years ago now, but she still uh, is in charge of. Well, they've developed an empire really at this point. Uh, but they started back in it was kind of like mid to late seventies going into the eighties. And, uh, they developed a huge, I mean, these have stuff on like cassette tapes and I mean, they, they've started at the beginning of how we used to circulate information around our planet. And so Esther had these moments years ago and she channeled this, she didn't understand what was going on really. And then she figured it out. She was channeling a, a an entity a group of, of beings that they wanted to be called Abraham. And their purpose was to utilize her as a channel on earth to be able to educate humanity about what the law of attraction is all about. And I, and what's interesting is if you also understand the movie, the secret, which was a big hot commodity years ago, um, Esther and Jerry were asked to work on that movie, but there was things out of alignment with how they taught and understood the genuine principles of the law of attraction. So they weren't in that movie out of all those law of attraction gurus. So this is an interesting little thing. And, and the secret holds its, its merit, 
but the secret doesn't tell you anything about astrology <laughs> and how to get 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 into you know the value of that so you know there's a lot of uh, people who want to agree to disagree and that's perfectly fine but um i invite anybody who really understands how to work with the law of attraction and really dive into working with it with how the moon's timing works and see what just is fine, extra fine tuned for you in the, you know, how we want to have optimal end results in our life. So, so that is, um, we've covered the waning and the, the waxing and the waning of the moon. So again, to clarify the waxing phase of a new, from a new moon up to a full moon, that's for two weeks, about two weeks a month, a little over two weeks. Because that's another thing. A moon cycle is 28 and a quarter days. So it's just a little over two weeks from for each of these waning, waning, waxing, ebbing and flowing back and forth and back and forth. And that's where you also find the beginning of the month, the end of the month, again, the, the quartering of how we do things in a very business corporate fashion and, and all the ways that these expectations and certain things are running society, running, running economies, r- running all these things and, you know, not understanding, oh, well, the timing of this and, you know. You know, a couple episodes ago, we did the mastering of Mercury retrograde. And uh, the thing is, is if you don't follow the way all these cycles go, you can't perfect your law of attraction. You just can't. You're going to get tripped up with it. So this is where, once again, truly understanding, first and foremost, that waxing phase every month, for the two weeks, a little over two weeks, is your most powerful time of the month to draw in, put intentions out there, plant your seeds, do whatever it is you need to get things that you want to get going. Even if you don't see any direct results from that, you want to plant the intention and and do the visualization and do the do all of that initiating work. And then when you're in that waning phase. From the full moon back to the new moon. That's when you're reassessing and you're taking what has already existed up to that moment of fruition of the full moon, opposition of the full moon. And that's when you get to reflect and you get to clear and and whatever has shown up that needs, because we naturally need to do that. I mean, I mean, think about it. If you never took the trash out in your kitchen all the time or whatever room you have a garbage can in well what would happen if it would just overflow right so so the 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 waxing and the waning of the moon is is just like taking the trash out (laughs) the waning phase is for taking the trash out you know kind of the waxing phase is for filling it up to be able to take it out and not that we want to compare things to trash, but it's it, it's kind of like like that. So your waning phase is, is like take out what you don't need. You know, if humans were taught the value of reflection more than they are obviously taught the value of reflection, I can only imagine the way this world would function so much differently. But we're really not taught it to begin with. I mean, uh, unless you go looking for it on your own or you just happen to have, you know, an upbringing that that really brought that in for you, um, where do you find it? You know, you don't find it in the standardized schooling system. I do hear they're teaching meditation more in in certain places, which I am thrilled to see that. But without reflection, humanity is is missing something. And again, our moon is our beautiful guide to tell us how to time that. And you'll feel it <laughs> because when we get to that full moon point, we always feel like, whoa, whew, 
we've, yeah, we've exhausted that, <laughs> you know. We all feel a full moon. I mean, you, you know it. You know you look up and you go, oh my God, it's a full moon. And you feel that. Most humans do, even if they have no understanding of, of astrology and they have no understanding of, of, of what the moon is at all. They have no idea that's what it actually does, but they feel that moon. Most humans could agree with that. They look up and see that gorgeous moon and they pause and they want to take it in and, and you want to just kind of be in awe at it for at least just a little bit. So pe people feel it. And, and you know that the emotions and, you know, any police station, hospital, emergency room, all those types of situations, they'll always be reporting that there's something more energetically up. Well, that has everything to do with the fact that it's a full moon. So when we understand that, we, we are immediately working with what we are feeling. So now, the next things that we want to get into is whether it's a waning or a waxing phase of the moon, we have this other timing advice that circulates all month long. And this is something on my Soul Certainty community, there's alerts that go out every Sunday morning. So I explain the energies of these, and this is when we really tap into the value of understanding, observing moon void, of course. This is a timing, you, you, no matter what you're doing, business-wise, personal-wise, shopping-wise, whatever it is you're doing. You want to understand when not to do things when it's moon void, of course. Any matters of importance. And I'm, I'm going to read off a little quote here. This is the, the astrologer who discovered this is A.H. Morrison. Wonderful astrologer. And in a nutshell... Cliff Notes version of what is moon void. So as that moon is, is moving from one zodiac sign to the next, it's always all month long aspecting other planets in their positioning as well. So when it's in one particular zodiac sign, the last aspect it makes to another planet before and then there's the, so the, that aspect is made. So there's this planetary mathematical conversation. And then the moon will precisely make that, it's like a point of impact or it's, it's just like the conversation is started. Those two planets have, have a meetup mathematically. The, the period of time from that moment until the moon will enter the next sign is called moon void, of course. That's where it came from. And this was an observation of A.H. Morrison. And he's like, wow, there's just like these things that energetically are weird. And I've kind of termed the moon void, of course, is kind of like feeling it's a mini Mercury retrograde. <laughs> and that's how I've sort of coined it, you know, in my own way. Because it causes these weird energetic offset things to happen just like a Mercury retrograde does for whatever reasons. So he came up with this quote, or this is what he said about moon void periods. Every couple of days, there comes a time which is best used to subjective, spiritual, non-material concerns like prayer, yoga, play, psychotherapy, or passive experience, sleep, or meditation. So that is how um, A.H. Morrison decided that, hey, this is the best way to spend the time whenever you've got these moon voids in, in effect because you're going to get better results out of it. And 
like a Mercury retrograde, and not that, you know, you don't live your life for three weeks when it's Mercury retrograde, as we just discussed a couple episodes ago, but especially like, you know, if, if you are a person that like works in, in major corporate world and you've got what is known as a long moon void, of course, these things fluctuate all the time. That's the thing about them. There's nothing set about it. It, it, it all depends on the moment in the now of how all these planets keep moving forward in their pro- pro- procession. So no two moments are alike. No two moon voids are ever alike. There, there's a lot of similarities, um, as I'll sort of talk, t- t- touch base on currently, because we've got one planet just kind of, kind of stuck at one degree point. So it's getting, it's always the planet that seems to be starting a lot of moon voids. <laughs> um, we'll talk about Pluto in a moment. Pluto in retrograde, uh, as a matter of fact, now. So when these moon voids show up, it it, it is said, uh, and there's another article if, if you go to uh, my website, charitastar.com. And of course, I post this every week it'll come out every Sunday in Soul Certainty community on Patreon, is it's an article, Timing Your Success and Moon Void, of course. And it runs down the whole gamut of what Moon Void is and what you're favored to do and what you're not favored to do. And again, kind of pulling in those rules of Mercury retrograde and calling it calling these time frames a mini Mercury retrograde because they are very similar in their energetic effects. Where you're better off being in reflection, you're better off going, getting on your yoga mat, um, spending some time meditating. You know, w- w- whatever it is that's more passive. Uh, because what Morrison came up with over his time of observation of what hap- what typically happens in these time frames is nothing becomes of it. So let's say we hold an important meeting when it's a, when it's a moon void. And then we expect like great future results down the line. And, and it may be that, you know, things hang on for a bit. But I have watched this for so long now that it, it, it it's it's quite amazing whatever you seem to implement for, for what you think is going to be a good long-term thing any important meeting even buying food at the grocery store i will never shop for food under a moon void because that's another thing that they they say well you tend to throw it out you end up never using it like you impulse buy it like you you buy it when there's just not the it's just not, you know, the the pull is is there. So um I've I've noticed that so much. Or or let's say you like you're you're an average, you know, you're you're a woman who just like and you know adores shopping. And then you 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 go out when it's moon void and you buy stuff. And then those are the clothes or whatever it is you bought that you never use. Like you and you know, you know the stuff like you buy and you just never use it. I guarantee you, if we go back to your timing, I'll tell you, you bought it under a moon void. And that's why it got, it got wasted or it just never got used properly. Or what you do is also, sometimes you buy stuff and then it's a mistake and you got to go back to the store. Again, very similar to Mercury retrograde energy. You got to go back and deal with it again and kind of, you know, again, just waste time. Uh, so that's just like, you know, how to work with the moon void and, um, understand that, but you can check out more of that again, soul certainty. I do all of that every Sunday and I explain cause they're all different. Um, they, it depends on the sign the moon is in and what, you know, what are, where everybody else is and what signs will connect. So what's been frequently happening as of late is Pluto, for one example, is in retrograde in the sign of Capricorn. Very late Capricorn. It was 27 degrees. Well, it started off at 28 and then it moved 
back to 27 degrees. Now it's at 26, so it's it's moved very slow. It was red, it's been retrograding since April, um, very late April. And Pluto will be the first planet, as uh, we talked about in the last episode, that will break this all outer planet retrograde um, passage in effect through uh, early October. So, but what's been happening is is when you get when the moon is either in a leadership sign like Capricorn, or it's in a water sign or another earth sign, depending, because it's the, it's so late in, 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 in Capricorn that this Pluto keeps getting the void. It keeps being that planet that's getting the last aspect to start the void before, you know, the the moon will enter whatever the next sign is. And when a moon void is constantly banging a planet that is the planet of transformation, let alone what's been happening this past spring and summertime under its retrograde cycle, it's really why we're watching. And again, if you know uh, the accountability, accepting accountability in America forecast that I also have available on um, my soul certainty on Patreon you know, this Pluto return is very, this Pluto energy is very important for America right now in understanding what, what the country is doing, um, and what we're up to as a nation. So, um, it, it, it just gets, uh, it's very interesting to watch these patterns and on a collective level, besides what's happening here in America, you know, we're watching like a lot of uproar going on all over. There's a lot of turbulence. There's a lot of things, you know, going through these very strong passages of overturning. And this this has a lot to do with, like I said, it's like a repeat button every couple of days, depending on where the moon is and, and which sign it's coming through and making that aspect to Pluto. In, in particular, uh, the, the week we're finishing up as this episode will be will be shared every single uh moon void has been aspecting pluto this entire week leading up to september 2nd that we are airing this podcast so it's interesting to see what goes on um again it's something that once you start observing these time timeouts. That's what I, I've come to also coin it on my own. It's like your time to take a timeout, you know, and sometimes these happen for a couple hours and sometimes they happen for a, an all day period. Like the moon is void all day, depending on how it hit the last planet. It could have a conversation with before it's going to enter the next sign. Um, so it's it's again it's it's just a wild uh it's a wild observation but when you get into the rhythm of it it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like a, a joke but it's like American Express you're never going to leave home without it with not knowing is it moon void or not you, you, once you get into understanding the value of it you'll never ever go against it it's, it's, it's just beautiful timing. It's a beautiful timing tip. Um, and we'll also notice, especially if that moon void is happening when it is a waning phase, which of course, again, that's that natural reflective time of the month. The, the moon void on top of the waning of the moon itself, it's like th- those waning phase moon voids are extra intense. Similarly, and then when we're waxing, even though we're waxing and, and we are moving forward, anytime it's a moon void under a waxing phase, you're not meant to be pushing the envelope. There's a great lexigram out of moon void, of course, as well. And that's what I do with the, you know, pulling out the, let's spell out the truth from the word. I find if I force it, I am in enormous redos. So that's another like little expression that comes out of the title moon void, of course. Um, so we don't want to force things when it's moon, moon void, first and foremost. And then throw in a Mercury retrograde when it's a moon void. 
And then you, you got like, you know, depending if it's waxing or the waning of the moon, I mean, you can have like, I call it like a triple layer cake of reflection going on that's very close to us and doesn't want us to be, you know, trying to be the square peg fitting in a round hole. You know, it just doesn't want to work. But you watch humanity like try to force all the time. Do we not? Do, do we not watch people be constantly aggravated and frustrated and they're, they're, they're just timing their life wrong? That's all they're doing. And that's why they have like just the most incredible frustrations. I could sit down with anybody and straighten that right out. <laughs> you know, it is a simple thing. It is not as complicated as humanity has made everything to be. We've we've complicated everything, I, I, and I will always keep repeating that. We we need to be a little bit more simplified than than humanity has allowed things to be at this point in time. But we're getting there. We are getting there. So all right. Well, onward to let's talk about the intensities that our lunar lunar lady brings to us. All the more so, even though she's intense all the time, because, you know, hey, we have to feel all the time. Otherwise, we're not human in the first place. But when she's, you know, getting to her new moon and full moon points, running about it's twice a year. Sometimes we get a little extra pairing. It's not all the time, but sometimes. But when we have what we call eclipse season. Now, this is when we get like a really, like a, just a, like a, if you can feel like, you know, we get really strong extra momentum, that feeling and momentum behind us is just, it, 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 it's risen tenfold when we have our eclipses, which again are always going to accompany a new moon is our solar eclipses. And when we have a full moon, that's when we have lunar eclipses. And it will say in our timing, wherever they're, you know, kicking off in our life, because they will always be in a, spe a specific area of the chart. And they will say, and of course, when they're partial, their effects are about six months. When they are what we call a total solar or lunar eclipse, that area of life and where that point of initiation or point of release happened, point of kind of completion and reflection, you'll see up to a year's time that you'll be pulling in or letting go. And there's like a correction thing going on, especially from a lunar eclipse. It's a correction period where things are going to, you know, kind of even out and Kind of, kind of smooth out, and and things are getting out of the space in that particular area of the life. So when we understand that, in what we are timing in our life, we're, we're going to have another like angle upon. Wow. Okay, how this is working. So. For example, we just had uh, our last pairing. They always come in pairs. And again, sometimes you may get three sometimes that, 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 that shows up. They happen about twice a year and they come in pairs. So we'll have the lunar eclipse first or solar eclipse that will follow on the next new moon or vice versa. They, they flip around. There's, there's nothing, you know, they, they, they again... They're not locked into some Gregorian measurement. They just do their lunar business up there and they're 28 and a quarter day, but by yearly and yearly cycles. So back in the spring, uh, so the day after Pluto went retrograde on the 29th of April, we had a solar eclipse the day after on the 30th. And then we had a pairing lunar eclipse a couple of weeks later on the 16th that um, was, was a lunar eclipse back in May. And that was also under Mercury retrograde. So, you know, that just makes it all the more fun. And we have another pair coming up this fall, which is going to be very interesting to see. 
and you've you I think you've heard me refer to this if you've listened to the past episodes. Um, and again, if you're on my Soul Certainty on Patreon, the Accepting Accountability in America, I get very deep into what will be going on. So we have a solar eclipse coming on the 25th of October this year. Five days later, we go into a Mars retrograde on the 30th that will last us through the beginning of 2023. That's going to be a very tricky cycle. That's all happening in Gemini. Eclipse will happen in uh, solar eclipse will be at the beginning of Scorpio. Here's the kicker this year. Is on November 8th, under the Mars retrograde, really rolling along by that time, we have a lunar eclipse. And that is going to have an actual conjunction to a very strong outer planet retrograde, which is from Uranus. Election day, I have said this before to people, it doesn't matter what side and, and, and you should be on a side anyway, you should be observing everything in discernment and making decisions from there. However, November 8th is emotionally charged like you have never seen. And what's interesting is when we had the election in 2020, we were also under a Mars retrograde. We weren't under a <laughs> eclipse at that point. <laughs> but nevertheless, so... And I mentioned that last episode too. If, you know, it doesn't matter what side you're on, there's still a controversy about it no matter what. And that was because of that Mars retrograde in 2020 being in effect at the time. So as we're watching what will or foreseeing the potential energies of what is going to be going on this election day here in America... This lunar eclipse that's going to be precisely happening on that day, it it hits in this nation's chart of how we manifest as a nation. So if if we want to talk about law of attraction work and and what this country is going to attract, it's going to be there's a there's a healing phase and there's a pulling away from our abilities to manifest. This, this eclipse is, I call it like the heart space of the nation. That's the area of the chart that I, you know, the eclipse is going to be unfolding in. And because of this conjunction to the outer planet of Uranus retrograde, it's going to cause a lot of disruption. This also deals with the nation's, what we know as our children. So whether like we're at a point where Again, things, there's something not energetically flowing in the normal way that we would like it to be by election day. There's something just coming in, expecting the unexpected, whatever that is, the energy is erratic, the energy is not exactly smooth and groovy. So that's going to be a very strong healing coming in from that eclipse Uh, that I can you know say it's a healing reflective energy that will hit the heart space of the nation in some capacity so just pulling in what what that's about and I want to refer back as well to an eclipse that happened last December that really won't finish its job until this coming December. And we had an eclipse in our nation December 4th, 2021. It was a total solar eclipse in Sagittarius. Now, the way that the math worked on that eclipse, that solar eclipse, it hit what we call the ascendant point, the exact ascendant point of the nation. So when when something, an aspect like that happens, whether it's a new moon or it's a solar, especially with the solar eclipse, a, 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 a total solar eclipse, which again triggers that for a year, 
that pulling in in feeling and just intense. The approaches to this country, the way that this world looks at this country, the way we look at the world, but the way we take on our life as America is changing. It is not what it once was. And I always keep referring people, there is no old quote unquote normal to go back to. There is only moving forward in a different moment to understand and and what is being ideally what needs to be improved upon. But there's also a lot of healing involved in, in everything going on too. So, you know, we, we, we need to understand, you know, all of these, you know, things in the entire you know, forecast conversation. But that particular eclipse from last December is still at work in this country to change the way the world looks at America and the way we look at the, it's the way we appear to the world as a country. Everything is shifting. I mean, you know, depending on how you perceive it is 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 your business because everybody gets to think for themselves. But undeniably, the way that we are seen in the world is going through, it's like we're changing the mask we wear as a nation to the world. It's like the way we appear is totally going through this overhaul right now. And it, the, the process isn't done yet and it will not be finished from the effects of that eclipse until next, until this coming De- or early December. And then we're going to have a lot of other things coming in that have shifted and changed everything around by then too. So, um, you know, there's always, again, there's so many layers to this timing conversation, but really understanding where eclipses are happening in our personal chart is where we can really, again, just take that tweaking and just fine tune that law of attraction for ourselves because it's where we're, we're, you're, you're naturally going to notice there's an extra boost of really powerful feelings that are coming out of that area of the life. And, and it's going to be this channel that you're going to be working with for an extended period of time. So it's not just that normal uh, monthly waxing phase that pulls in from one area of your life and everything's seesawing around the wheel all year long for you, these eclipses are very poignant to tell us where there's very extra strong attraction points coming in or very extra strong healing points that are allowing us. Because as we talked about with the, you know, the, the brief principles of the law of attraction, if you don't feel good, you're not, you're, what are you going to attract? You're not going to attract much except more of whatever you're feeling, right? So when we have to acknowledge, okay, hey, I have a little reflecting to do or I have a lot of reflecting to do, you know, we're going to be working with this cycle's and their natural rhythm as they apply to us personally. And we're not going to throw ourselves into some cookie cutter. Oh, well, you need to manifest this right now. If you just do this visualization work, that's all you need to do. Doesn't really work that way when you, when you implement the timing and the value of what astrology's timing, especially understanding what the moon is doing in our consciousness practices. As I always keep saying, never compromise living consciously. And this is one of the most valuable ways to pull a consciousness feeling into your life and really own what all of that is. And again, how much it can serve you. So... Because I, uh, as I also have uh, within the uh, timing your success and understanding moon void, uh, you know, everything we really want to do can be done by manifesting by the moon. And 
when we understand, again, where our own natal moon is, what sign is that in, knowing that about ourselves, that's always how we're going to be navigating our own emotions on our soul level. But on a timing level, where the moon is always transiting from lunar return once a month to lunar return the next month, where that current moon is in motion is what our current timing is about. How we navigate that comes from the natal moon that where it was positioned when we were born. So there's two ways to look at how we want to own how we understand the moon in our life and we got to we got to know wh- where it is per- personally positioned what area of our life is it in that area is always going to be where we're going to need and and not a comfort zone that is you know not serving us we want to have a but we need to have a very strong sense of comfort, whatever area of the 12 pieces of the Zodiac pie that natal moon is in, because it's where we carry emotion the most. No matter what sign it is, the area, the slice of the life it sits in is important. To You've got a lot of, again, in astrology, there's so many layers <laughs> to, to, to put all together, but once you understand how they they fit like a puzzle you know you you've just got this it's like I said it's just always amazing to just keep up being that observer I I you know again once you turn it on it's like an addiction and then there's nothing you can do to shut it off (laughs) although it's a healthy addiction as I like to say so so once again always knowing where the moon is in your life on a timing level is how you're always going to manifest manifesting by the moon. That's another article that, that, um, is it's, it's within the timing, your, your success. And, um, you'll see the moon, moon void calendar, uh, is on my, uh, on my site. When you go look for more info, you can check that out, but it's again, it's such an amazing, um, really amazing rhythm to understand and get into and it and it truly does perfect help perfect your law of attraction practice you know and again because it's the timing that we really 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 want to understand it's always about the timing is everything in order to manifest accordingly. So when we work with our lunar lady, we really, really, really get such amazing, amazing results out of our life. And uh, that is one thing uh, I will always, always, always keep repeating. That's I. That's why I write the monthly lunaroscopes. Uh, you know, knowing where you can um, manifest all the time, how to ebb and flow. So, as always, dear stars, it's been a pleasure to share this uh, episode five with you, and I look forward to continuing the journey. As always, take care and never compromise living consciously. Namaste.
I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.